The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I'm your host, Fred Houston, and uh, I, I'm going to apologize right up front here. I may be a little bit off my game uh, for this podcast. I just spent uh, 24 hours in the air well, between connections on plane, off the plane, whatever. So I've got a little bit of jet lag as well as I'm tired as all get out. But uh, if I seem a little off my game, that, that's the reason why. But uh, so we're back on the air here. Uh, I know we've been gone for a week or two, and uh, we've got a really, really interesting show coming up. Uh, David Bonacera, who I'll introduce here in a minute, uh, is going to be joining me for this. But uh, we're going to be talking about sealers and impregnators, and I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, I do want to mention a couple of things first, and uh, the first thing being is we have now reached over – 20,000 uh, unique listens on this podcast. That's over 20,000 uh, listens on this podcast. So uh, congratulations for all those uh, people listening. Hopefully we're providing the information that you need uh, to help you uh, uh, work better in the stone and tile industry, whether you're a consumer, an architect, an engineer, a contractor, uh, or or whatever. So uh, anyway, and also I'm going to be doing my uh, stone and tile inspection and troubleshooting class uh, coming up here July 5th. It starts July 5th, the day after uh, July 4th. I have one opening, so if anybody wants to uh, attend that, it's going to be held in DeBerry, Florida, which is just north of Orlando. Uh, make sure to uh, g- contact me, give me a call. Okay, um, if you want to call in with a comment or a question, the number here is 323-870-3968. 323-870-3968. Of course, uh, when you call in, you'll be able to hear our show and uh, I'll have you on hold for a while. So please uh, hold in there. I also want to mention those of you that attended the show out in Vegas. I did not get to attend this year. So if anybody has attended and wants to uh, give me a brief report, I'm sure David will give us a little bit of report too, because I know he was there. uh, please uh, call in and, and let us know. Okay, before I get David in here, I want to. This is going to be a, a a controversial show, which is not unusual for David and I, uh, because we're going to name names. And uh, as the show is titled, you know, you don't know jack shit about stone sealers and impregnators. So hopefully, we're going to give you some information here uh, that you really didn't know. Uh, so uh, stay tuned and uh, see where we go with this. So let me see if I can get David in here. David, are you there? I am. How are you, Dr. Fred? Hey, we're doing good, doing great. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you've already heard what I said, that we're going, to, we're going to discuss this topic, and it's going to be somewhat controversial. But, you know, that's the beauty of podcasting. We don't have to worry about censorship or any of that stuff, which is great. But before we get on that subject, why don't you give us a, a brief introduction of who you are, 
I'm, I'm sure a lot of people already know that. And then, uh, well, how about a quick report on the uh, the show out there in Vegas this past week? Um, well, my name is David Bonasar. I started doing stone restoration in 1987 uh, down in Southern California. Um, and then I left Los Angeles three years after the riots. <laughs> Came up <laughs> nice. back up to uh, to uh, Northern California here where I've been the whole time. And uh, most of my business is really in repair. Uh, most of the guys do cleaning, saline, restoration. That is not the bulk hairs that uh, others have installed and failed. Great. Um, as far as the show went, um, it was a very small show in Vegas. You could probably walk it in about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, a lot of people were not there. Um, the whole thing around the cage was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> probably the busiest booth actually was MB Stone. It yep. was just slammed. Um, for all of the days. I think it was because possibly when shows are happening, um, everybody's trying to find out where Stu is, um, <laughs> Stu Rosen. So he was in one place, so it was easy, so everybody was there. But it was pretty slammed. It was really good. They had the same booth with Bonstone and Moore and uh, Klendek. So it, it was really, that part was really good. The cage was good um, in that area. Um, but it was a weak show. Um, but yet we kind of knew that because of COVID, but I think next yep. year the National Stone Institute has got some nice surprises and we'll see what happens with education. I'm submitting three classes next year. One of them is going to be on the full understanding of diamond blades and then um, some other classes on failures and stuff like that. Cool. Well, that sounds, sounds exciting. All right. Let's, uh, before we get started here, let me... Let me give a little bit of history uh, here, and then we'll get into some of these questions um, and, and some of these controversial topics, should I, I should say. And that is, you know, those of us in the, in the industry, especially in the restoration industry, are familiar uh, or should be familiar with what impregnators are. But the question I often get or the question I've always asked uh, many, many years ago when I did some research into this is, how did impregnators come about in the first place? You know, why were they invented? You know, because if you, if you look at you know, the stone business before, say, the 1960s, they didn't exist. So where did they come from? I mean, in the old days, we just slap wax on stone, you know, all kinds of topicals or whatever. But where they basically came from is the, is the bridge industry, concrete bridge industry. Uh, many of the northern environments were having issues with de-icing salts in the wintertime. And, of course, the de-icing salts would enter the pores of the con concrete bridges and deteriorate the bridges. It would feed into the... Uh, rebar, the rebar would start what we call iron jacking. In other words, the rebar starts to rust, and the bridges are a total mess. So a bunch of scientists, and I, I, I might get this wrong, and I, I don't know if it was DuPont or 3M, I, I, I can't remember which company it was, uh, put their heads together and started looking at uh, silane-based uh, uh, based impregnators uh, for the concrete industry. So we later on, probably around... Oh, I'm guessing here, late 60s, early 70s, started using these on stone. And I remember back in the day when I started, we had a lot of issues with some of these uh, impregnators because of the way they work, because of the compounds they contain. You know, you have silanes, you have siloxanes, uh, you have methyl siliconates, and now you have floral alphatics. And we're going to get into those in quite a bit of detail. So that, that's the brief history. So you have anything to add to that, David? 
No, that's why I always take your class, Dr. Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks thanks for the plug. Uh, But anyway, David and I sat down and and constructed a a bunch of questions on uh, on, on what we need to topic. So let me just go down. Um, well, well, let me let me do this because the first question is going to be on why is everyone going to water-based feelers? And before we before we get into that, David, before I let you take that question, let me explain to those that might not know, is that in the sealer industry, and when I use the word sealer, what we're going to be talking about here is impregnators, penetrating sealers, not topical coatings. So I, I don't want to have to explain that each and every time. So when we're talking about sealers. I'm talking about impregnators, or, or hell, maybe I should just use the word impregnator. Uh, anyway, uh, you can buy these impregnators in, in, in several solvents. There's a non-water-based solvent, which is your, you know, uh, your mineral spirits, your naphthas, all these different non-water-based solvents, and then you have water-based solvents. So those, those are the basic two, and of course, there's all kinds of subcategories that we'll get into here in a minute. But let me throw the question out to David here is why do you think everybody's going to these water-based sealers as opposed to the solvent-based sealers? Um, because they want to try to be green, environmental. But the problem is is that the water-based sealers are still solvent. They're just less of a solvent. Right. Um, but everybody wants to be green, and they think that that's going to, you know, create people to say, oh, you're safe, I want to be with you. Well, I've been doing green since the 80s, and it's not that great of an advantage. People want it done correctly, and most of the time people really want a warranty, though nobody warranties stuff anymore. But the problem with the water-based sealer is it has generally a larger molecular structure than the solvent-based sealers. And that's where people get into the problem. And the problem between those is that you really need to know the stone first before you choose your sealer. And most of the time, as I'm teaching through the years, most people really don't know geology. So wood guys know wood, cement guys know cement. But most of the people in the stone business really don't know rocks. So they think that they're... You know, they're being safe. And to say that water-based sealers have a lower VOC than solvent-based, absolutely. And is it safer for the employees? Absolutely. But if your water-based sealer is going to be good for a real poor surface and the solvent's going to be good for a tight. So, again, it's about knowing the stone. And that's the thing that you really have to catch on. And after 33 years, I still take geology classes when they're at the yep. shows because I got to keep brushing up. Well, we've got we've got so many different materials coming into play too. I mean, you know, we've we've pretty much always had quartzite, but quartzite right now is becoming so huge. I mean, everywhere you turn around, people are putting in you know quartzite quartzite countertops. And uh, I know I've had discussions with you, and let's jump right into that since I brought it up. So. You know, with quartzite, quartzite is difficult to seal, isn't it? Well, there are some quartzites that are really, really tight. I mean, just incredibly tight. But right now, a lot of people, because they may not, they love the Calicata, they love the Carrera, but they don't want the problems of it, Um, they tend to go the quartzite. The problem is, is again, it's the people who are selling don't know the stone. Fabricators who are fabricating it don't really know the stone. Um, 
and a lot of the problems people are having right now is a lot of the quartzites are so porous that one coat or two coats in the same day is not going to do it. I got a call from a competitor today, and he says, look, you know, I'm going for my third time. When in the hell am I going to get this thing sealed? <laughs> I said, well, you started with a solvent, and there's your problem. So you need to do a water base with this stuff. And there lies the problem is the stuff is so porous, and if you don't seal it, right now I'm in the middle of a couple countertops that weren't sealed, and I'm never going to do this again, trying to pull stains <laughs> out. And these stains are probably halfway through the slab. Right. And you're trying to pull oil against gravity, and it's very, very tough. I've even gone to the point of using live um, oil-eating bacteria. Um, pretty crazy. But the way to seal these really porous countertops is to, let's say, go on a Friday, put a heavy coat down, just flood it. And you have to charge for this. But you put a heavy coat down. Just flood it for about 20, 30 minutes. Let it saturate. Wipe it off. Buff it out. And then come back like on Monday or Tuesday. Let the first layer set up and cure. And then the next time you come in, you can build on top. And that's the only way to beat this beast. Then you get into some quartzites that are so tight that you have to definitely go with a very thin solvent. Right. And there lies that problem. But right now everybody's getting bit in the ass because they are they don't know how to seal. And a lot of things that are also happening is that they're using the wrong glues and they're bleeding into the laminations. They're using caulking around the sink and that latex is bleeding into the stone. They're really porous. Yep. And e even if you pre-seal, that resin from the glue can still get in and the same with the latex so you know use silicone 100 percent around the sink but use the right glues uh, which are generally urethane glues yeah, no, yeah I, I agree everybody, everybody everybody likes it but they're a monster to seal and there lies the problem and they're like oh it's it's not a crap material you just need to know the material Right. And you're going to have to charge for it. Hey, this thing's really thirsty. You know, put a wet, you know, dish rag on it or something. Leave it for five minutes. If it gets real dark, you okay, Houston, we have a problem. Ma'am, right. this is going to take a little <laughs> bit more time and a little bit more love. That's all, but you have to charge for it. But it will last a long time. But also make sure that your client knows how to properly take care of it. Because that's where the problem goes, is people are using the wrong cleaners. And there's a lot of environmental cleaners. Actually, one of my clients happens to be the head person um, for e-commerce for Method and Meyer Soap. And when I went to his house, I said, this isn't a marble cleaner. He goes, yeah, we sell it all over the world. And I said, <laughs> I know, but it's got too much soap. It's crap. And he's like, excuse me? I said, it's not a marble cleaner. <laughs> I said, you might as well be good with dish soap. You just call it green and you pay your money and, you know, you got it environmental. But I said, it's just soap. He didn't like that, but I still got the job. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I could take off on any number of those things you just said, but let me back up and uh, explain one, one other thing, too, why it's important to let the first coat penetrate into the, into the, into the surface. And that is you have to, and, and this is going back to uh, when we talked about solvents, okay, water is a heavier molecular structure than a, than a, a non-water-based solvent, you know, like a mineral spear, a naphtha, or something like that. And in order for that 
uh, impregnator to cure properly, that solvent has to evaporate away. So let me give everybody a quick, quick example. Anybody that's uh, used acetone know that acetone evaporates immediately. That's a non-water-based solvent where if you put a drop of uh, acetone next to a drop of water, the water is going to take a lot longer to evaporate. So that's why it's very, very important to make sure that that, that particular stone has completely cured before you apply the next coat. And that usually takes, you know, on average about 20, 24 hours, sometimes a little bit less. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I like what you do. You know, put it on there, come back the next day. And it may take several trips. And uh, like you said, well, charge well, for thing, it, you know. Yeah, but the other thing, too, is remember the solvents generally take about 72 hours to full care. Yep. And if you have a particular sealer that reemulsifies itself really well, you don't want to go too quickly because you don't want to reemulsify it. You want to build on top. Right. It's yeah, and there's one of the keys. It's just you know, hey, I don't want to go back three times either, but you know what? Shit, I do not want to be pulling stains out of that stuff. No, <laughs> that is miserable. I would have better luck jumping off a bridge, but it's it's hard. <laughs> so just do it right. Put it on. Let it set up. Because everybody that does not do that are having problems. Like the guy that called me today says, yeah, it keeps staining. What am I going to do? I said, should have started with a water-based sealer, something real good. There's a lot of them out there that are good. But because it's larger, it fills up a lot better. And once it sets up, then you don't have as much space to fill. Right. And you build on top. I do the same thing with uh, precast limestone. You know, you just let it set up and you keep building up. And so will it last a long time? Yes. When you seal it that way, it's, you're not going to be coming back every six months or a year. It's going to be quite a while. But that's the only way you're going to seal that stone. Right. You're not going exactly. to do it in one coat. And there's no damn 15-year sealer that's going to say, ah, hey, it works. Because <laughs> there was a case down in San Diego where there was, I think, 11 or 16 units. And they all had this porous quartzite. They used a 15-year sealer. And guess what? They all got stains and lawyers were involved. So, you know, and the problem was they just went at it all wrong because the guy who sealed it didn't know the rock. Yep. And that's really the biggest thing. And, and, you know, one thing I want to mention, too, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but it's worth mentioning again. And it's all these, you know, you mentioned a 15-year sealer. There's those out there. There's even one or two out there now that are offering a lifetime guarantee. And what people need to realize, or, well, what people need to do is read the darn warranty. Because a lot of these warranties have very strict very, very strict requirements in order to live up to that 15-year lifetime or whatever. You know, for an example, uh, there's one company out there that has a, a lifetime warranty, but the requirement is you need to uh, use our cleaner. Uh, you have to apply it this way. You have to do this, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And you and better I, have those receipts. You better have those receipts oh, for all the sealer that you buy. And I will bet you dollars to donuts that if there is an issue, they're going to say, well, you didn't do, you know, clause A, paragraph C, you know, sentence B, whatever, and uh, that's, that's their out. And uh, that's why yep, I don't buy that. All bets are off. Have a nice day. Yep. Yep. All bets are off, so I, I don't buy that. So, you know, what David and I are saying is, guys, you know, uh, just because, you know, that particular, you know, impregnator has that type of warranty on it, 
I guess what I want to say is don't trust it. You know, don't trust it and don't tell your customer that as well. And the other thing, Fred, is do you really want to be away from your client for 15 or 20 years? No. That's ridiculous. I give no. people in a shower, I give three years on a countertop, granite, quartzite, stuff like that. I give five years um, marble. Uh, that's a different animal because it yep. etches. Um, but for the most part, you want to be able to come back every three years or five years and look what's going on. There's going to be regrouting for you. There's going to be a little bit of fixing here, fixing there. Hey, you know what? I got something in my bathroom. Can you look at it? Hey, do you work on pools? I got these tiles over here and blah, blah, blah. And the work still comes in, but you don't want to be away from a client that long. That's just business. And yep. you don't want to be out of their radar because the guys, they talk. And that's how you get more business. You don't get more business yep. by people screwing it up. Exactly. Well, let, let, let me get a little, uh, a little bit more chemical here. And I'm, I'm not going to get too in-depth. I'm going to give people just a general basis. And that is, you know, when you go and you look at a sealer, uh, and there are, God, when I started, there were like two or three companies out there. Now there's probably two or three hundred companies out there. So let, let, me, let me start by saying that when it comes to silicone-based insealers, and when I'm talking about silicone-based insealers, I'm talking about all the functional groups that occur under that, which would be your silanes, your siloxanes, your methyl silicates, and the list goes on and on and on and on. There are, to my knowledge, only two or three manufacturers of those particular raw chemicals in the world. Okay, so everyone, whether it's Miracle Sealants, ProStone, you know, whatever it is, they, they use those particular products. Now, how they formulate those products and other dryers they put in there, solvents, you know, whatever, differs somewhat. And that's why you see differences between the different sealers. So let me back up and, and talk a little bit about when I first started many, many years ago. I'm going to age myself now. Um, I'm not quite ready for the retirement home, but uh, I'm on my way, I guess. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> They were basically silane sealers. And, you know, silane is a derivative of a silicone, but silane sealers require a very high pH in order to cure properly. They have a very small molecular size compared to, say, the siloxanes do, but they do penetrate pretty, pretty deep, and they don't work on all stone uh, because of the, the pH factor. And some of them even require moisture in order to cure. No, and, you know, that's, that is such a great point because when you get a sealer, you just, you know, most of the guys and gals are just putting it on and thinking, you know, it's magic, it should work. But right. what you just brought up was really, really important. And when, and to elaborate on a little bit more, but what I want to inject was, is that the difference between a silicone family type of sealers and a fluorine is that the silicone family molecule really it's like tentacles they grab onto the surface much much better and really do last longer the fluorine doesn't grab on nearly as well as the silicone but the fluorine happens to be in most cases a lot better with oils than the silicones and that's the general rule of thumb and I've I've always told my students anything that's a silicone base is going to be an excellent water repellent Anything with a floral alphatic is going to be an okay water repellent, but an excellent oil repellent. And, and the reason is what you just described. The chemistry is slightly different. You know, yeah, the, but, the, but what you had just talked about was, if you want to go over it again, 
because it probably went over a lot of people's heads. But <laughs> it's really it's really important because if you're buying a Prosico sealer or you're buying 511 sealer or you're buying a dry treat sealer, okay, they're all basically the same family, but they react differently. So right. why does this stone work and this stone fail? Go a little bit more on that, Dr. Fred. Yeah, well, let me let me let me rehash it. Let me do it this way. Let me give you the comparison between a silane sealer and what is called a siloxane sealer. So, the silane sealers require a very hard p a very high pH in order to catalyze, or in other words, to cure. Where the siloxane sealers do not. The silane sealers have a very small uh, molecular size, where the siloxane sealers are a lot larger. Not larger than water-based. We're talking solvent-based here, you know, at this point. So, you know, the silanes, they penetrate deeper, where the siloxane sealers tend to stay more toward the surface. You know, one of, one of the pet peeves I have about, about these sealers in general is the, you know, and I've done the studies to show how deep do these sealers really, really penetrate into the stone. And, you know, if, if you seal the stone properly, and, and that's, we're given that as a given. A lot of the failures I see with sealers are not necessarily the sealer's fault, but the applicator's fault, but that's another story. Well, they but, don't know um, the stone, or they're just impatient. Most of the exactly. guys, when they seal, Dr. Fred, they're like, oh, I just want to give a courtesy seal. I want to get out of here. But the last person, you're your father's keeper, the last person that touched the job, by the job. I had a, yep. a job yesterday, and the guy says, I want you to fix this. I said, no, nah, I think I want to sleep tonight. I said, you go back to the fabricator. Well, but he won't call me back. I said, and that's my problem? I said, you go back to him. He's the one that sealed it. I said, I woke up this morning, had my coffee. Everything was good. I enjoyed my new Nespresso machine. I'm grooving. I said, I come to your house. And I said, now this is my problem? I said, it is not my problem. I said, your guy did not know what the hell he was doing. And because exactly. of that, I said, it's his problem. It's not my problem. Is there anything else I can help you with? In other words, can I help the next person in line, please? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, going yeah. back to the silane versus siloxane, and I'll, I'll complicate it a little bit more, and I'm, I'm trying to make, not make this too complicated. So, you know, look at the safety data sheet. It should tell you, you know, whether you're dealing with a silane, dealing with a siloxane. Now, there are some new technologies out there, and we haven't talked about floral yet, will actually combine the two. They combine the silane and the siloxane together, so you have, you have the benefits of, the benefits of, of both, uh, both the silanes and the siloxane. So, you know... And I always say this. I say this to the tile, the installation guys all the time. Read the darn label. <laughs> you know, <laughs> read the safety data sheet. It's put there. It's put there for a reason. Uh, yeah, and you a know, lot of the failures that people have in chemicals, especially sealing, is they're a they're not reading the label, and two, they're not taking extra time after work and doing testing. They really don't know how it works. It just, no. yeah, this is supposed to work. Everybody uses it. But that's how I figured out what stones work better because one sealer does not seal all stones. It just don't nope. happen. Nope, it doesn't happen at all, which is why you have to have a a uh, a, a good amount of different types of sealers. But, but not just, you know, let me explain that a little bit further because, you know, buying – Buying a, you know, a 511, buying a, let's just say, buying a Miracle sealant in your truck, having a Prosico sealer in your truck, having an Aquamix sealer in your truck, you may have the same sealer in all three. 
So you've got to look at the chemistry. You've got to look at those data sheets. I need to have one that's silane-based. I need to have one that's siloxane-based. I need to have one that's water-based. Now, all the things we're talking about, you should have one of each because, as David mentioned, you know, each stone is going to be different. Now, we complicate that even further when we talk about some of the man-made things that we're doing to stone, like adding resins, uh, you know, different types of sealer treatments that are done at the factory, opens up a whole nother, a whole nother ball of wax. But before we get to that, let me explain a little bit about some of the newer fluoro, what we call carbon fluorinated comp, uh, uh, sealers out there. Most people are familiar when I say Teflon or I say Scotchgard, you know, you carpet guys out there, or ex-carpet guys out there, you know, know what that is. Those are all floral compounds. They are non-reactive. Your silicones, your silicone base, your silane, your soxaloxane, your methylsiliconase are actually reactive. And David, David kind of alluded to that. They actually react with the stone. Where the fluoros don't react. They're non-reactive. They bond, but they don't react. That, and that's another reason why they become really good oil repellents and okay water repellents. So, you know, look at that. So um, let's get to yeah, some no, of these other... The other thing, too, that's real yeah. important is... When 511 came out, long time ago, it was a really good sealer, and it was a standard in the industry that everybody used. But is that 511 sealer back then the still five, the same 511 sealer today, or did they not tell you that the EPA said to them, hmm, you can't have this, and you can't have this anymore because it's a carcinogen, and they're right. still making it but it's not the same sealer. How do you know? You have to test it and keep them honest. And yep. I have definitely pissed off some manufacturers because <laughs> I said, it's not the same shit. And they nope. go, oh, yeah, it is. And I said, yep. no, it's not. I did the same exact nope. thing. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. I did a pipet. I put this much on. I did this much for this much long. This time, this same stone. And you know what? I'm sorry, but it's different. So yep. gigs up. Now, which brings me to to the next question, and and this is something you you've kind of answered the question already, but we'll, we'll ask the question anyway, and that is, you know, we're fortunate enough on this podcast is we're worldwide, and we have a lot of listeners in Australia, we have listeners in Africa, we have listeners in Europe. So, you guys that are out there, thank you for listening. But how are the sealers different from, say, a European and Australian sealers compared to the sealers we have in America? What have you found, discovered there? Well, in Europe, like in Italy, <clears throat> there's a reason why a lot of the white fountains don't yellow, because yellow stone has iron oxide in it. Right. <clears throat> and some of it is that they don't have the EPA on their butts all the time, yep. uh, telling them, you know, it's like paint. Paint ain't worth a darn anymore. Um, it used to be great, um, but they take out all the stuff, and then they have to reformulate it, and it may not be the same. So... In Italy, yeah, you're going to have some really good technology, and there's some companies that are out of there who have some really kick-ass sealers. Tenex happens to be one of them that actually really has some good stuff. They're solvent, yeah. Um, Fila's got some stuff. I'm not. I like Fila, but it doesn't rock my world as far as using it. But they have some good um, things to it. Uh, then you get into um, Australia, there's a brand called Rockstar now that's out, and actually they have some very unique stuff because they have a really thin solvent, which I really like, and they have some stuff, and it's smelly. Oh, my God, yes, yep. it's lethal, but Fred, the shit works really, yep. really well, and 
you know, they have a strict EPA thing, but they're not as crazy as we are. Um, and that's, you know, there's the big difference. They don't have the restrictions we do. Yes, Australia is very green, but they're not crazy green like we are with the EPA. And there is the difference. Um, and a lot of the stuff, like in California, you know, if it's a solvent, you can only buy it in quarts. So you can ship 12 quarts in a case, but you can't buy it in gallons, which is really stupid. Crazy. Um, it's crazy, and I won't even get into the EPA, California EPA, but it, it's silly. The people who are making these rules are are, are just not that bright. But there's that's the problem is is what you have. If you really want to seal a stone, yeah, it's going to be smelly. If you know, if you got, you can do a water base that performs very very well. Um, yes, and it doesn't have as much VOC. Yes, but that water base is not going to get you into a tight stone in an area where you have oils. Okay, and it's not going to get into an area with. The stone is tight, and you're going to need it to repel water, like in a shower, or right. some people do, in a steam shower. Those are very important. You're not going to get that water base in there. Sorry. The carrying agents, everything. It just ain't going to get in deep enough no. to really do what it wants. So, well, we'll see you later every six months. The client may like you, but they don't want you in your house every six months. No. That's crazy. Give them what they paid for, for God's sakes. You know, and you mentioned something, and I know I've covered this on other shows, but I got a feeling we're going to have a lot more listeners for this show than I have uh, in previous shows. But let's talk a little bit about vapor permeability because, you know, this is a topic that uh, I've really expanded on in, in past shows, and I'll just kind of give it a highlight. And you have to remember, a, a lot of these impregnators, they, you will see the term vapor, vapor trans, uh, transpired, uh, and a whole bunch of terms which basically mean the stone needs to breathe, and these sealers allow the stone to breathe. But when they're talking about breathing, they're talking about water in a gaseous state, in other words, a vapor. So you could go into a steam shower, which you already mentioned, and if you use the wrong impregnator on there, then the impregnator ain't going to do a damn thing because the vapor that's being created is going to penetrate right through the stone regardless of uh, that impregnator being on there. So certain chemicals work better with vapor permeability, or, or I should say less vapor permeability than others. And that's something, that, back to what you said, David, you need to know your stone. You need to de- Are you dealing with a, a large, porous, macro, what we call macro porosity stone, or are you dealing with a really, really tight stone? Because it makes a big difference. Well, for instance, here's a great example. Okay, so the person that puts a Calicutta Carrera something that has iron oxide in it that activates the iron that turns it yellow, orange, and brown. And then they put it on a shower pan. Well, it's always going to be wet because it goes through, it will go through that stone. It will go through the grout and it goes through and it's going to be wet, which activates the iron in some cases. Some stones will yellow or um, oxidize more than others. Some will not. But the fact is, is if you have something on a shower floor, I would never put a white marble or a stone in an area where it's Mm going to be trapped with water all the time. Walls, absolutely. Floors, not really, but they do it. So you have to know going in, you know, because if let's say all of a sudden you put the seal on and you did a hell of a job on it and it starts turning yellow, 
you're like, well, your sealer didn't work. I, one guy tried to pull that on me, and I ended up saying, <laughs> no, your weep holes are clogged. Right. And I proved it to him. And the weep holes are clogged. The pan was holding water and had nothing to do with the sealer. So right. remember, folks, when you're sealing something and doing restoration, doing maintenance, doing sealing, you're really at the mercy of what the installer did. So you really, that's one of the things about Fred's classes that are really cool is because you learn installation methods and you're better aware of your surroundings. If you just want to put sealer on and get out, whatever, you know, you may last, you may not last, but um, you got to know your surroundings and you have to know some building methods on how to build this so that you know what's going to happen. Because if you get busted, you better be able to find your way out because it's happened to me. You know, sometimes I look and I say, okay, but I'm going to avoid any warranty on the floor because it's wet. Okay, right. for instance, everybody's doing the Calicutta Gold because it's really fashionable. Fred, back a long time ago, they used to throw that calic- same Calicutta away because it was rusting. Now right. somebody <laughs> came up with a great idea and says it's fashionable. Well, hell, that stuff already is rusting. And now it's like, oh, that's so beautiful. But then they put it in a shower and I'm like, oh, no. You're yep. not going to do that <laughs> shit, but they do, and you can't fix stupid sometimes. Uh, it's like it's like li- I don't want to go there, but I'll mention it. it's like limestone in a shower. My worst nightmare. Can't tell you how many showers I look at that are falling apart. It's like uh, it's sealing sealed or not, it's it's the wrong material to use in my opinion. But anyway, uh, let me throw the telephone number out there if anybody listening live has a question for David or I. It's three two three eight seven zero. Three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. Okay, let's let's get a little down and dirty here. Let's talk about some specific brands, which I usually don't do, but I think it's real important to talk about it. And uh, you know, one of the one of the brands we already you already mentioned, and that's Dry Treat. Um, quite honestly, I'm not a big fan of Dry Treat. What, what's your opinion on that particular uh, product? Don't hold back. <laughs> you know, as I told somebody, I said, come into my office. I'll give you a pick of any guitar I have here on the wall. I said, if you can find a warranty online, and you can't. Right. <laughs> the point is is that, it's, as you said at the beginning of the show, a warranty is a bunch of bull. Right. Um, if you are a dry treat applicator, you can get the warranty. But once the client reads the warranty, you're like, this is no warranty. This is throwing the applicator under the bus. Right. Okay. But the fact is, is that in some cases, um, I have seen it work very, very well. Okay. On some stones, very well. Impressive. To all get up, and they even have the consolidator, and they got some other products now that are they're really good. But again, why would you stay away for 15 years? But then I have been on cases where it had a major failure. I don't know how many times when I was in L.A. um, when it first came out that, you know, I was sealing over it because it didn't really repel. And there lies the problem. It has some really nice attributes to it, but it's not a great repellent. And if you want to repel oil or you really want to repel water, that's not the one for you. Um, They used to have a water base. A long time ago, it was yep. really smelly, kind of lethal, but man, that stuff rocked. Um, but, you know, um, it got you kind of high, though. But And they took it off the market probably because of VOCs, but that was a badass sealer. 
Yep. But right now, it, that's the only one I've ever seen that really had good repellency. And because of this stupid thing that Thompson's water-based sealer does is that they, you know, you want to see it beat up all the time. They think that that's the norm. No. And it's not. You can still no. wet out and hold out stains. As far as the product goes, I've seen it work very, very well, but I've also seen a lot of failures. But I'm not going to rule it out as a bad product. It's just if you want good repellency, that's not the one for you. If you got something that um, in some areas that um, some stones it works really, really well on. I had one lady one time, and she had a marble entryway, and she goes, oh, you don't have to seal it. I have a 15-year dry treat sealer. And I said, <sighs> you know what? I would have not sealed it, told you how to take care of it, not have given you 25 years. <laughs> because a marble's going to etch before it stains. That's right. You know, and I don't want to burn any bridges, but most sealers have their pluses and their minuses. And again, it goes back to, do you know, do you know your rocks? Right. And let's, you know, I, I, I know I just mentioned I'm not a big fan of it. Let me tell you where I'm not a big fan of it. And I agree with you. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a use for all these sealers and a, and, a, and a place for them. But where I see this particular product used a lot, because I've seen a lot of failures, is exterior stone. And what people don't realize, and, and, and this is kind of, this is going to sound like, a, like an oxymoron. The reason they fail in exterior situations, and whether it's the, the dry treat or, or others, although I've seen more with a dry treat, is because they work too well. <laughs> and now people are going to laugh. They go, well, well wait a minute. Don't we want a, an impregnator that works really well? Well, you do and you don't. And here's the problem with exterior with exterior stone, and I know I covered this on another show, is that you will never, ever get the moisture out of the stone 100%. So if you seal the moisture in, you cause a problem. And yep. that's, where the problem, that's where the problem is. And, you know, I'm in Florida, and we have really high humidity here, and I see that being used on I – mean, I looked at one not too long ago in South Florida that they had all this limestone balusters, and they put dry treat on it, and every single one of them was flaking and falling within a year. Within right, a year. and, and, and yeah. so the question you have to ask is, everybody that's listening to this, how many people carry a moisture meter with them? Now, you're in a stone, you're dealing in showers, you're dealing with outdoor decks, and you look at it, and damn, they forgot their Superman glasses at home. How are you going to know if there's moisture in it? How do you know if there's not moisture in it? Do you even right. give a hell? But the thing is, is if you're going to be in stone, you're going to deal in wet areas, you best ask, get yourself a moisture meter. Right. Um, and that is, you know, because you can own that material. And I see people all the time, who was it? There was Stone Tech came out with their water-based sealers and said, oh, you can clean and seal in the same day. Yeah, but it won't last very long That's because right. where the moisture is is where you want the sealer to be, and they did trap moisture. They yep. even had some cases where it was falling. Um, so it wasn't. It was a good marketing thing, but it really wasn't practical. Um, but yeah, if you trap moisture, um, I've seen sometimes where they use the wrong thin set, and then they seal it, and it's moist, and all of a sudden the sealer caused all this thin set to just draw right through and you're like oh gee what happened well you sealed it well it's your gig now because you didn't check it and that's very important and, last and, person and, that touches a job buys yep. the job 
And let me let me say this to the people listening out there. You know, we're talking about sealers. We're talking about these impregnators. Stone doesn't always need to be in, need to be sealed. And you know, I, I used to have an argument with my old buddy Maurizio Berlatoli, and some of you know who he is, who oh, you know, lost, <laughs> lost his life yeah. many many years ago. But he always used to say, "Fred, you you don't have to seal all stone." It's Italian accent. Fred, you don't have to seal all stone. And my argument back then, when I was a little bit more uh, less educated than I am now, would say, uh, "Okay, if that's the truth, show me the list." <laughs> you know, where's the list that says what what stone needs to be sealed? What stone doesn't need to be sealed? And also in that list, give me all the alternative names for that stone. And in that list, also give me, is that stone in exterior? Is it interior? Is it in a shower? Is it on a floor? If you have that list, then yes, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that, uh, uh, that, that statement. But, uh, but he was but right. You know, yep. no, no, and the reason all stone why he doesn't was right need to be sealed. Before they had sealers, I think the first sealer out there was Custom Building Products. They had a, um, um, a silicone. Yep. But really, it came to maintenance. Okay? Maintenance really was the biggest key about keeping the stone up. If you're in a wet area, you want good ventilation. Okay? And to keep it clean. The people that squeegee the walls on their shower... Their shower, their stone showers last a heck of a lot longer because they're getting the moisture out. It doesn't have yep. a chance to manifest itself or anything. So it's really a lot about maintenance. Um, sometimes people say, do I really need to seal this? And I go, not really, if you take good care of it. And they say, well, everybody else, David says I have to seal it. And I'm like, no, just I'll teach you how to take care of it. It's about maintenance. If you're really proactive, yeah, you can be fine. You know, if you're in a wet area, that's a whole nother beast. If yeah. you've got a bunch of kids and, you know, in the kitchen, and, yeah, that's a whole nother thing, too. So ask questions of what's it going to be used for. Do you have any children? Um, you know, and you see a bunch of dogs running around, and, you know, the saliva from the dogs can etch marble. So, you know, do you really want to seal it? Yeah, probably. But you got to check and find out the surroundings and what their expectations are. You know, it's it's funny. If you go to Europe or if you go to uh, uh, even uh, Asia and you look at the number of sealers that are being sold in that country, and when I'm talking sealers, are going, you know, just to remind everybody, I'm talking about these impregnators, and then you compare that to the United States, you would be shocked. <laughs> Yeah, you would be shocked. I mean, I mean, even even Italy, Italy has few sealers that are that are being sold in Italy. As a matter of fact, well, you know, you know, as well as I do in Italy, it's, you know, your your white Carrera is expected to oxidize. It's expected to turn that color. It's expected to etch. It's expected to get scratched. You know, you, you, you rarely see those very highly polished, pristine type countertops that we see here. Uh, in 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 most of Italy, yeah, it's more of a conversation so piece for them because they really don't care because stone's been exactly. around so long. Exactly, they don't they don't freak out about. Oh my God, what is that? That's on the stain. No, <laughs> exactly. it's an etch, and everything in your refrigerator is acidic. Why did I do this? Why did I buy white marble? <laughs> um, because somebody jumped off a bridge and somebody eventually yep. said, "What a great idea!" And you all followed. You know, and and the thing you also have to remember, folks, is that. A sealer is not a cure 
for an improperly chosen stone. I don't know if I said that properly, but you know, there are there are certain types of stone that should not be used in certain applications, and sealing it is not going to solve that problem. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, yeah, I see it again like and again and again. Yeah. Designers and architects can be sued for what's called um, what's the best word I could use for it. Um, Misrepresentation? Yeah, and the specifications are, are just out of line. You know, they choose the wrong material. Um, you know, I've even seen stuff where they put limestone out on a building, and, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden they got spalling because they put the thin set, and it was so hot out in the building that the moisture just sucked right through. And nobody, again, reading directions, finding out about the stone. How are we supposed to install it? Call the manufacturer. What, have somebody even knows about this stuff. But improper specifications, um, yeah, they can get sued for it. I've, I've it's, funny, funny you should, it. it's funny you should mention this. Uh, a couple months ago, I, I went to a certain part of the country to get snow and ice and all kinds of uh, unique weather, and uh, this individual built this chateau. Uh, I mean, we're talking multi-million multi dollar chateau. And he, I won't mention the stone brand, but he chose a limestone for the exterior that was from Italy that's never been used in that environment before. And I hate to tell you what's happening to that stone. Uh, mm -hmm. This particular, particular chateau is probably less than five years old, and it looks like it was built in medieval times. And there are specifications by the National Stone Institute in the um, MI's design manual. It will soon be the NSI's design manual. Right. And that really comes to there are different classifications of stone. There are some stones for indoors, and there are stones for outdoors. Mm -hmm. So not all the stones can be used outdoors. I had a client about a month ago who picked up some polished limestone, put it outside in the barbecue, and he's like hating himself. I'm trying to keep peace in the family. And he's like, why did I do this? You know, this company, they're really prestigious, and they told me to do this, and it would be fine. I said, no, it's an indoor stone. It's not an outdoor stone. Right. And I said, and if you slip, make sure I hope you have medical insurance. You know, and they said, well, hold it. And I said, yeah, but it's still it's still a very fragile stone and shouldn't be done inside. I mean, I mean, it shouldn't oh. be done outside. Outside, right. Exactly. Right, Dave, let, let, hey, David, let's take a quick break right here. And I'm, when I come back, I'm going to ask you some specifics about some certain brands. So let me just take a quick break for this ad here. Okay, you got it. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tufskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tufskin surface protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All righty. Well, how to pay the bills there. So uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about you there, David. 
right. Yep, I'm here. Yeah, sorry. I had a little bit of background noise here. Well, let's talk a little bit about specific brands. Of course, you know, everyone's heard of 511, uh, you know, the Stone Tech brand, Aquamix. I mean, give us some rundown of, uh, you know, what your opinions are when it comes to some of these brand names. Um, you know, Aquamix, when they were owned by, when they were actually Aquamix, they actually had probably the best solvent-based sealer ever in the market. Um, and their, uh, fit their uh, sealer's choice gold was great. Um, got over new ownership, changed a little bit. Um, it's not quite the same. And there's a thing called solids for profits. Aquamix is still a good brand, but I really liked it a lot better when it was Aquamix and not custom building products. Right. Okay. And sometimes the bigger guys get stuff and it just doesn't have the same quality. Um, Stone Tech um, still has good sealers. The Bulletproof is not Bulletproof anymore. <laughs> not even close. Um, and there's some stuff that still is good. Impregnator Pro is still a good sealer. Um, I like the heavy-duty outdoor sealer because it's thin and it's really good for water. And if you use it correctly, it's really good water repellent. But again, you have to know the stone you're putting it on. Um, you go to Stone Pro. Stone Pro's got some really nice stuff. I like it because um, though it's not a, it's a mineral base, so it's between water and solvent. And I don't know that anybody else has something like that. And it emulsifies nicely. And so if you make a mistake, it's really more user friendly. Uh, their Pores Pro is very very good for uh, real pore stuff. Uh, more more's really got just a water based sealer. It is a really good water based sealer. I really think that 20 years is a bit much when they haven't been in business 20 years. Right. But it's still not a bad sealer. Um, and I've been asking them to get a solvent, and they're like, no, we're going to get a solvent. We're going to stay water-based. I'm like, okay, whatever. They just limited themselves. But it's still a good sealer, don't get me wrong. But again, I've seen stuff where Stone Tech or Stone Pros work better than more on stuff, and then there are some stones where I've seen more work better than Stone Pro. Um, and it really all depends on the stone. That's why you got to yeah. test. Um, and I always, people always come over here with problem stones and I got to figure it out and they pay for it. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's kind of like that. Um, 511 was currently sold to a much, much bigger company. Um, 511 isn't what it used to be at all. No. And the thing about 511 back in the time was it was a really good sealer in 24 hours, a great sealer in 72 hours, but after 28 days, boy, it was badass. Right. And that's just the way that that particular um, the silicone was made because it just keeps carrying. The same thing with dry tree, uh, it keeps carrying. But again, it doesn't have the repellency, but it has its place. Uh, then you get into Fila, and... Fila's hasn't really knocked me out. I like Marco, but it hasn't really knocked me out as far as the sealers go. Um, and it's not really that popular on the West Coast. Um, MB Stone. Uh, MB Stone is working on some more sealers. The water-based sealer that they have is a good, consistent sealer. And I use the word consistent right. because it's very important and because there was a lot of times when I would see people 
change in the formulas because of the active ingredient that makes it work, when you don't use as much of it, eh, it doesn't cost you as much. So they would go right. solids for profits. Um, so for the most part, and then there's uh, Rockstar Sealer, um, which actually I think um, uh, Tuscan's doing now, bringing it out of uh, Australia. And actually it's got some really good attributes. It's solvent. Yep. They have one good water base, which is really kick-ass. Uh, it's a good line. Um, I don't care so much for the cleaners itself, but they got some, also some other things that are really beneficial. But again, it smells, but it does work. And yep. there lies the problem that's very, very important. And again, you have to pick which one. Um, I will use a lot of different brands because stones are all different. Yep. So I'm, I carry a, a lot of different sealers, sometimes like Tenex. Tenex uh, has their Pro Seal, very, very good sealer, okay? But again, I've seen it work really, really well on some stones, and some stones, it just didn't work as well. But it's a darn good sealer, that's for sure. Um, but it does stink, and, you know, if you care about your employee's health, that's another thing that hey, you have to take into factor on this whole thing. Exactly. Uh, but damn, it does work on oils. That's for sure. I got an interesting, um, interesting, interesting story about brands. Uh, we recently had a, a, a kitchen island put in our kitchen, and I, I used a local fabricator since I don't have a fab shop anymore. And uh, of course, you know they, they knew who I was, so they were very careful. And I said. Well, do you guys seal this countertop before or after? And he says, we seal it both before and after. And I said, that's great. That's what I recommend. And mainly for the reason we we discussed before. And he pulls out a bottle of sealer I haven't seen in probably 35 years. And you're going to know what it is when I mention it to you. And that's the HMK brand. Yeah. Now, see, that was very interesting. I don't know why yeah. HMK, um, it was really good. And he's still... Um, they have some good. They had some good stuff. It's not very popular today. I think there's only one no. distributor. Uh, it was huge has, back. It was. They were huge back in the day. Everywhere you turned was HMK. But HMK. I don't, I don't, and, but, yeah. Yeah. You can't find and, them today. They, yeah, they had some really good stuff, and they had to go a good full line. One of the things you want to look for in a company um, is somebody that has a good full line of sealers. Like for instance, yes. I used to um, Stone Pro has a really good full line because they got a lot of troubleshooting products. Um, MB Stone has a good full line, really full around because it's not only just sealers and cleaners. They got troubleshooting stuff. They got cold mildew products, subscum removers. They got a lot of different types of polishes. Stone Pro's got a lot of different types of polishes. Uh, 10X, um, you know, their main thing isn't really sealers because they're so big. Um, right. Their stuff is more coating, selling resins to everybody in the world, uh, in different chemicals that they use in the stone business. So what they have is, um, it's not a full round line, and they private label some of their products. I can't say which one's from who. Right. But for the most part, it's not a full round line. Uh, stone Tech, I wish Stone Tech had more of a full line. It's kind of limited. More is kind of limited. Um, again, a good line, but they don't have all the troubleshooting products that 
let's say MB Stone or Stone Pro does. Uh, right. Fila, Fila's got a lot of stuff, but you can't really find Fila um, no, too much. Hard. One one that I really really liked, and it got sold to a company in South uh, in South America, and that was Delta Research. Oh God, they had some really cool stuff. But it didn't fly in the U.S., and a lot of it is you have to take that chemicals, put it into a container that's extremely hot, high humidity, and then put it on the water for a long period of time, get it to to the port, from the port to the distributor, and then from there, then they got to ship it. Well, if you yeah, got a shelf good. life, it's not good and doesn't react with the heat of the container, the humidity in the container, even though it's sealed especially the heat itself because those containers out in the ocean can really just take a beating as far as temperature goes. And is it the same one that, you know, when they made it to when you get it? And you really don't know. And those are the things that's why I say test, test, test. But there are so many other products and there's knockoffs. Um, Even um, Braxton Braggs, I can't call them Braxton Braggs anymore. But anyway, BB Industries has got some nice stuff too. That they have of their own, but again, it's private labeled and made from somebody yep. else. But they got some pretty cool stuff too. Um, and again, there's so much, and yes, there's so much out there for it. But you have to test because a lot of times I'll be consistent on something, and I get another stone, and it doesn't perform the way the other ones do, and it's because of the structure of the stone. It's about the absolutely. rock, absolutely, absolutely. And that's what makes it so interesting. And sometimes, well, you know. Frustrating. And and none none of these none of these feelers are what we call bulletproof. And let me let me digress and tell a story that you know the story I'm gonna tell. And yeah. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I I'm pretty sure it's true. Way, way back in the day, probably thirty some years ago, the actual inventor of the Stone Tech line took one of my seminars. Way before he even got into the stone business, he was actually involved in carpet the carpet industry. And he took one of my seminars, and uh, one of the things I always harp on when I when I do the sealer presentation of my seminars is that remember, guys, these sealers are not bulletproof. And lo and behold, he comes out with a sealer called bulletproof. <laughs> I, I I swear he got that simply because I said it's not bulletproof. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a a funny story. Yeah, and you know it's <laughs> funny because the same guy one time. Um, always used to uh, compare his sealers to 511 back in the day uh-huh. um, when Joe Salvo had it uh, before it got changed over and EPA got their paws on it. And he would always, he'd have his sealer and then he would always have the 511. And he'd compare it and he'd always kick 511's butt at the conventions. Well, one convention he forgot to do it and he spaced it and he grabbed the old samples. Well, the old samples were over 28 days old. So he had to sit there for three days while 511 <laughs> was kicking his butt in the thing. And what he found out, and I actually told Joe Savo about it, I said, Joe, I don't know if you know this, your seal is really good in 24 hours. It's really great in 72. But the stuff really rocks after a month, and it just it has this nice, long, slow cure. And that's why it lasted so long and everybody's used it. And he looks at me and goes, really? And I told him the story and he started laughing. He says, I really didn't, I didn't know. And I said, yeah, it totally just kicked his butt. Wow. So he was, he was kind of laughing, but it's about cure. If you're going to seal a shower and they're going to use it the next day, yeah, it'll work. But if they're moving in in a month from now, you're going to have a lot better product to present to do that if you have a lot more cure time. Absolutely. 
Let's, uh, and and know, that's something that's very important. Yeah, we're, we're running a little low on time, so I want to quickly get in enhancers, color enhancers, uh, because that's that's another product that um, I think is misused and, uh, and and sometimes doesn't work. So what's your take on, on the use of enhancers? Um, enhancers um, don't have good UV stability. No. Um, I have a friend of mine who's in the Carmel uh, Pebble Beach area, and he's mostly overcast, doesn't have all the sun all the time, and he doesn't have any problems with it, but he also does it on really porous limestones. Um, so enhancers aren't going to really work well in direct sun all the time. No. And, like, if you try it on a travertine in the sun, it's just going to wash off in a year. If you put it on a porous stone, you may have a better um, result on it. Sometimes they'll say, you know, put two coats is better. Um, but, again, they used to be better than they were, but don't expect it to. I got busted on a dry treat thing one time because they said, oh, yeah, the last five years, and guess who's been warranting it? Me. Yeah. And I held to it. And, you know, and I was, I was kind of like, okay. Um, and I was pretty PO'd about it. But for the most part, enhancers work really, really well inside, absolutely. In fact, Dry Treat's got a really cool enhancer for inside, just I don't recommend it outside. Um, but for the most part, you have to look at it and just most of the time enhancers work really, really well on a more porous material yep. than it does a tighter material. But then you have some solvents like 10X has got some stuff, and they made it for the lamination uh, for um, – when they darken the stone, resin enhance it, stuff like that. And again, right. there's water-based enhancers, there's solvent-based enhancers. I just don't put a long warranty on it outside. Inside, yeah, you can get away with it. Um, but again, the technology every year is changing. People are coming yep. up with stuff. But, you know, if you're around long enough, you'll figure out what works and what doesn't work, but you still got to keep the manufacturer honest. Um, and keep testing the stuff. And a lot of people don't want to put the time into testing, but it's, I don't like to gamble. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're running out of time, but I'm telling you, we could probably do a part two for this show because there's so many things we need to need to be talking about when it comes to sealers uh, impregnators, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, uh, you got any last minute uh, or last, last comments to some things up here, David? Yeah. You know what? Keep testing. Um, yep. just test if you get a particular stone you're not sure of try it if you want to know water base from solvent base throw some water on it okay if it goes right in water base if it sits on top and then you rub your finger and break the surface tension and it goes right in you can still use a water base but if it's real tight on top then use a solvent base that's a good rule of thumb but test your sealers because don't think you're going to buy one sealer and it's going to work for all stones because it's not. And the thing that you brought up, Fred, about the moisture in the stone and trapping it in is so important. Yep. And there's just there's and, know, your, know your stone and, damn it, yep. learn, <laughs> ge, learn geology. Most people didn't take the fifth, eight, fifth grade geology class. Yep. And it's very, very important. And I teach a little bit of that in my class, so those of you who want a little, yes, little bit more, uh, fact, definitely take, te take my class. You do take a lot of it, and sometimes I even have to take Tylenol after the class. But <laughs> it's a good class. <laughs> but, yeah, it's well, a good thanks. class. 
Well, David, thank you. Uh, we're going to do You're this again. Welcome. I I think we're going to expand on this. Uh, I've got a lot of ideas that we need to talk about uh, on on these. You know, probably trouble more troubleshooting than anything else. So, yeah, you have a good day out. You have a good thank day you. out there, and uh, stay stay cool there in California. I know we're hot here. All right. Thanks, thank you, sir. sir. All right. Take All right, care. Bye. All right. Let's take a quick break, and I'll come back for some finishing comments right after this. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MD Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. Are you tired of lugging dozens of stain removal chemicals around to remove stains from stone, tile, or concrete? Did you know you only need three chemicals to remove almost any stain? From organic stains to inorganic stains, Dr. Fred's Ultimate Stain Removal Kit is all you need. The kit contains three reagents and includes a detailed ebook on how to remove almost any stain. So if you're trying to remove difficult ink or rust or simply coffee and other food stains, this kit is all you need. To order, contact Dr. Fred at 321-514-6845. One kit is $69.95 plus shipping. Want to be kept in the loop about news, upcoming courses, events, and more, all targeted to the surface care professional? Subscribe to the Surface Care Pro Advisory. No fluff, no spam, just pertinent info from time to time sent straight to your email. Sign up for free at backstage.surfaces.com. Surfaces is spelled S-U-R-P-H-A-C-E-S. So again, backstage.surfaces.com.